Before we start our show today, a word from our sponsors, Plesk. Plesk is more than just a control panel, granting you full flexibility to customize, manage, secure, host, automate, and control your web projects, as well as any underlying infrastructure. Plesk simplifies the lives of web professionals and gives you star features like one-click staging, cloning, syncing, plus automated mass management of multiple WordPress instances on your server and more. Have it your way. Find out more on plesk.com. If you create and sell WordPress plugins or themes, you know that only coding features isn't enough. You're going to have to handle taxes, issue invoices, securely accept payments, handle licensing, manage subscriptions, and let's not forget about automatic software updates, and the list goes on. Freemius handles all of those aspects in your business for you. And we've also had Volva, the CEO, on episode 97 of the podcast, if you want to take a listen. They have implemented and optimized all of the best practices, especially for selling WordPress plugins and themes. For example, your free users can upgrade to a paid plan right from inside their WP admin dashboard. When you sign up to sell products through Freemius, they treat you like a true partner because they will only earn money when you earn money, which automatically serves as an incentive for them to help increase your sales. I highly recommend you to head over to freemuse.com mastermind and get a full month of fees waiver when you start selling your WordPress products through Freemius. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mastermind FM. This week, I'm joined by one of the original founders of Mastermind FM, Jean Galea. We're going to be discussing mostly what plugins, but also a few other tools that you can use to build certain types of WordPress sites, what we use internally. So we're discussing plugins and other tools for content sites, in our case, focusing on WP Mayor, e-commerce sites, in our case, focusing on WPR, SS aggregator, and DDD bookings. And then we look into a few additional plugins and tools that we use on a number of other sites as well. For those who don't know, Jean is the founder of all the products and websites I've mentioned so far. And right now I'm the one who is managing uh, all three of them. So the websites have developed over time, changing the plugins we use, themes we use, and the approach we take. We're going to start with WP Mayor. So Jean, can you give us a bit of idea of how that started out uh, in terms of what plugins you chose and so on? All right. I'm notorious for using a lot of plugins on my site. And actually, the first thing I want to say is that having a lot of plugins on your site is not necessarily a bad thing. I see a lot of comments saying this site is bad because it has 40, 50 plugins on it. Not necessarily. If there are small plugins and they're well-coded, it's not usually the case. That will necessarily slow down the site. It's usually one or two plugins that have not been updated, for example, and those are the ones that end up slowing the site. I think I can add that in certain cases, certain small plugins, if you build the website right for the first time or the second time, the functionality can go into your theme as well. So that can save on some, some performance there as well. Let's say you have a blog, right? So the first thing I install is an anti-spam plugin, especially if you have comments enabled. And I've tried many different plugins along the years. I usually have Akismet on. Akismet is free. You just need to generate a code and you're good to go. You can even share the same code across different sites. That usually takes care of most spam comments. 
there's always some that eventually go through, but usually Akismet is a very good first wall against that. And then you've tried any other variations though? Any other competitors? I have. Uh, I don't remember the names. If you go on, make you write spam on WordPress.org, you will, let's see, there's a few big ones. So there's one called anti-spam, mm-hmm. which I've tried as well. I believe we use that right now as well. Yeah, could be that. I'm looking at my own personal site at the moment, but maybe you can tell us what you're using on WP Mayor as well. We are actually using uh, anti-spam. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I use a combination. It could be Akismet and anti-spam. It could be others. Some I believe on my site, in fact, I am using some other plugin which has a feature for blocking spam. Might be the SEO framework. I'm not sure. What I can say about this as well is that it's not just the most popular sites will have a lot of traffic which need this. In the past, I've run some small sites which are local that got literally tens of views a month. And it all it takes is one person to feel like hacking your site or spamming it in some way. And they will throw hundreds and not thousands of comments at your site. And it's not gonna, only going to affect performance. It's going to affect the fact that you have to monitor all those comments. And if you don't have an anti-spam solution, anyone who visits your site is going to think there's some virus or something going on because they're seeing hundreds or thousands of random comments with random links. And either way, these can be harmful to the site visitor as well. So you lose, people lose confidence in coming to your site. Related to comments, I'm using a six-year-old plugin, which I probably need to check out, but I really like this plugin. It's called Full Comments on Dashboard. I know that you found it annoying once. It basically shows you the full comments in your dashboard as soon as you log into the WP admin. I like to just have that main screen with all the stuff that I need to check on a daily basis. And that saves me that extra step from going into the comments page and seeing the full comments there. So that's purely convenience. Yes. So I guess that's one case, like I mentioned before, that you can probably code that into your team so your dashboard has that functionality rather than having to use a separate plugin. Yeah, uh, I'm actually curious if there's a newer version or similar version of this plugin because I'm seeing that there are only 70 active installations. So probably so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if if there isn't, it's a good idea for someone to tackle on a small project and make a useful plugin for the rest of the community. So there you go, a plugin idea. And uh, let's see what else. Sharing plugins. So you want to be able to have users and readers be able to quickly share your posts on social media. For my own website, I use Genesis Simple Share, which is designed specifically to work with the Genesis framework. I use Genesis pretty much. Most of my sites use Genesis or StudioPress has been acquired by WP Engine earlier this year. So I'm hoping that they will modernize the code and also integrate support for Gutenberg, which they promised they would do in the coming months. And there was a time when I was a bit worried about Genesis because it seemed to be lagging behind other options. But now that it's been acquired by WP Engine, I'm very excited about what the future has in store for this framework. A little side note to what he's saying. We're seeing a lot of acquisitions lately of plugins and themes like this. And it's good to see because like I said, you're a fan of Genesis. And when we came to decide on a theme to use, for example, for WPR segregator, um, you mentioned Genesis. I was a bit hesitant because I hadn't seen it sort of move forward in quite a while. Mm-hmm. So seeing these kind of acquisitions now is, is hopeful. Um, there's a lot of movement in the community. Products are developing a lot quicker. Older products are getting revamped. It's good for people to look at sort of the classics in the WordPress space. 
to see how they're being revamped now because it's not just the new stuff the old stuff's coming back with a new look and feel as well yep and uh, let's see what is related to comments i have repliable or postmatic they're similar plugins by the same company postmatic and what they enable you to do is be able to subscribe to comments and reply by email i find it's very convenient again i receive comments my posts on my email and i can reply just by replying to the email itself instead of having to log into wordpress that i agree with definitely especially when i've had um, some time off or weekends when i don't have a laptop in front of me and i don't log into the site on my phone it's easy to just open the email and reply back quickly if there's the need to do that yeah uh, i'm not sure what uh, the future has in store for postmatic they seem to have slowed down lately i hope it's just my impression because I really like this plugin and what they were building. Uh, I've tried to get in touch with Jason, the founder, uh, earlier this month, although I haven't been able to get in touch. Uh, I hope this will continue to grow because it's a very good plugin. And as I said, one of the biggest time savers in terms of plugins that I use. Yeah, for sure. If you have a lot of content, comments are a good thing. So having a simple way to reply is definitely going to help you. Going back to sharing. And one of my favorite plugins is Next Scripts Social Networks Auto Poster. Uh, it's a very, maybe, I wouldn't say very, but it's a complex plugin to install and set up. It's not very straightforward, that's for sure. But the results are great. It enables you to post on, say, multiple uh, Facebook profiles, Twitter, Instagram, and a bunch of other social networks. Uh, what's especially interesting about this plugin is that it allows you to post on Facebook profiles and Facebook groups. So earlier this year, um, Facebook kind of prevented, changed something that prevents people from auto-posting to their profiles and groups. However, Next Scripts have developed their own API, which lets you do this. So it's a kind of hack that they use to be able to do the Facebook profile posting. I'm using their API and it works perfectly well as before so i'm really happy with that that's interesting i, I didn't even know it myself to be honest i've started using snap a little more recently since they can go with the editorial role on wp mayor like you mentioned i like the functionality of it but the ui definitely needs some improvement yep it's not easy to get used to and you don't really know where to find what so hopefully if anyone's listening from the snap team they can work on this sometime soon because uh focusing on UI and UX, the user experience is definitely going to help them reach a bigger audience because the feature sets there, what I can see. Yeah, I think this is an area where there could be more competition in this area. Perhaps other plugin developers are afraid by the complexity of having to integrate with 25 plus social networks and keeping up with the, the changes. As we know, with aggregator ourselves, it's uh, quite hard to depend on other systems for your functionality. I think Nextscripts takes it to another level because integrating with 25 other networks and, you know, sometimes people buy your plugin because they want to post to Twitter. And if Twitter changes their API and prevents this, you're going to get refund requests. You're going to get a lot of support tickets. So things can get quite rough, but it's a good plugin. And I think that they, they are doing very well in terms of uh, sales and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think if they can maintain this, this level of functionality, focusing for a short while on the UX is going to make a big difference, even for existing users. I mean, I'm sure we're not the first people to say this. 
something needs to change. It's not clear what you need to do when you install. It's not clear how to manage certain things. Um, it's a lot of hover actions, sort of hidden options, which when you hover over certain areas, new options show up. You don't even expect it. So it needs some improvement. Yep. Uh, let's talk about search. I'm not sure actually how many people, I haven't looked at this in a while, but I'm not sure how many people actually use search these days on websites rather than just searching, say, because myself, when I want to search an article on my site, my own site, I just go to Google, put in Jangalea space, say Paddle, and it will give me at least the first or one article that speaks about Paddle on my website, and then I can kind of find my way. I'm not sure if this is just me or it's how most people search these days. What are your thoughts on that? I was going to say, as soon as you mentioned search, that's what I do nowadays. I encountered a number of sites recently which have no search functionality, mm. uh, which I found strange because every now and again, you want to use that. You don't necessarily want to go back to Google from a site and have to search something. But it's become so easy with Google, even with Chrome, for example, you just type in site name, space, and the term you want to search and it will find it for you. I haven't done the research either, so I don't know how much is being used or what people are opting for. I know we use Search WP as a plugin, but then again, the search on our sites isn't the best it can be either. We know we need to work on that. So I prefer to use Google search, look at a specific site and search that way rather than having to go to the site and search through there. Yeah, I mean, I'm using Search WP on my website too, and I barely see any users and its own statistics. So I'm not sure why I should use this, to be honest. Maybe I should just disable it. Yeah, it could be bloat as well. Yeah, because also I think it depends on which type of site you have. So my site, my personal blog, tends to have people arriving directly from Google. I think they just come for the content that they specifically wanted. So... Google would basically answer their question through my site. They read that article, maybe some related articles, and then leave. So I don't see much scope for them using the search functionality on my site. Yeah, on WP Mayor, looking at the stats quickly now, I mean, there is some action. You get days where there's five searches, days where there's 50, so it ranges. But it's not something too big. It's usually people come, as you say, from a Google search on something else, and then while they're there, they might expand on that. But in that case, there's always the use of uh, related posts, for example, at the bottom of articles or at the top or on the side. There is showing the categories in a more prominent way and then having your category index pages be optimized for the user. So there's ways around having to use search. Yeah, I think where it will be useful is if you have a WooCommerce site, mm -hmm. say sites like uh, Gearbest, you know, when, or Amazon itself where you go to the site and then you start the search right within the site, typically. You don't go on Google. Not as much as when I'm searching for content, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into e-commerce a bit later on, but yeah, with, with WooCommerce, I happened to look for it recently. Uh, there's WooCommerce Live Ajax Search, I think, or something like that. There's different extensions which give you sort of search functionality. You get an Amazon's sidebar where you can filter and then search through the particular filtered listings. In that case, if you have product listings, then you will need a search on the site. But if it's content, I think if you don't necessarily want to search on your site, there's ways around it where you can still give a very good user experience. How about the marketing aspect? Uh, do you use any like newsletter plugins that are you have as favorites? 
Right now, we use MailPoet. It's been going well. We use it in a number of ways, both on content sites and e-commerce sites. Content sites, it's newsletters. So whether it's manually sent ones or have an automatic newsletter which goes out every Friday for WP Mayor. Basically, it's a roundup of all the posts we've had in the past, past week. Sorry. So it gives our subscribers an overview of what's happened in the past week, what kind of content came out. We're working on improving that right now. And there's a number of ways you can use that because apart from sharing the content from that week, uh, in the past, we've used it to share WordPress news from a number of sources through another site we had called WP News Desk, which has over 100 top sources uh, of WordPress news. So there's a number of ways we've used it. Uh, there's a number of ways, other ways you can use it as well. We have, for example, a sponsorship for a newsletter, so it can become a source of income for, for someone. Uh, you can sell a sponsored uh, area within the newsletter at the beginning or at the end or in the middle whatever you want, charge per week, per newsletter, whatever you want, and a few hours of work the first time, and then maybe a few minutes a week to update the sponsor. If you do it every week, you have a source of income. Sounds good. Any other? I've used MailPoet and I like it. I cannot really complain much about it, given that my usage is not very intensive. So for my use case, I think it works really well. Yeah, likewise. I mean, I've used it in a simpler form in a way. So there's not bunch of newsletters going out every week in different directions and different topics. Um, there's only a few times a year when we send out manual newsletters when it comes to content. E-commerce, it's a bit different because depending on what the site is, let's take daily bookings, for example, since it's a relatively new plugin again, we send out updates on progress, uh, updates with plugin updates, introducing new features and so on. So you give a little brief introduction to what's going on there. Promotions, like with Black Friday coming up now, so you give an idea of what promotions coming up with affiliates, works similar way. But I've only used MailPoet personally, my experience. Yep. A lot of people use third-party applications or services for this stuff i know a few people who use mailchimp everyone mm -hmm. says it's good it's good it's good i've used it in the past not anything to do with the work we have now there's a personal project on the side it worked well as well i have nothing against it mailpoet for me was easier because it's within your wordpress dashboard you don't have to visit any other app to manage subscribers or anything like that use it once it worked well so i've kept using it on the sites i've built yeah again it's about convenience yeah exactly so have a recurring theme there. I guess if you're, if you're managing much more subscribers, you're managing a lot more newsletters, then something like MailChimp can make sense. Mm -hmm. How about something like um, OptiMonster? OptiMonster we use in conjunction with MailPoet. So it's the way of bringing in new subscribers. We, we had a time when we stopped using it. It was more a case of not knowing exactly how to get the best out of it. Nowadays, we're using it a little more. So different opt-in forms in different areas, be it pop-up, be it beginning or end of content, sidebar, notification bar, style, sort of thing at the top or the bottom of the site. We found it useful and I've used it on work projects and on personal projects. Again, convenience aspect in that you have to go to the OptiMonster app mm -hmm. to edit everything. And then sometimes view stats as well, you have to go through there. I had a little confusion recently with sort of, you activate it within the app, but then within the WordPress plugin, you have to go in and activate it again. And you have to check another checkbox to actually activate it. So it's a little confusing in the usability perspective when you're using a WordPress plugin with an app, but I'm sure it's something they can improve on. And it's a one-time thing, or rather a one-time thing whenever you set up a new one. Right.
Up the monster has a lot of options. You can, and that's why they took it over to their own its own site rather than keeping it within the dashboard. Because I think that's one of the plugins where it makes sense to have its own site because they can really come up with an experience that's really more suitable to creating pop-ups and other stuff like the top bars, the hello bars, the content upgrade that comes out from like the bottom right of the screen. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just for pop-ups. So there's lots of stuff you can play with there, including many themes. It's uh, one of Syed Balki's plugin. Um, we know that Syed has a lot of plugins, all kind of focused on the marketing niche. And this is one of probably his best or biggest plugin to date. Um, there's also Monster Insights from Syed, which I use. So this is all about having tracking your users and tracking their activity uh, for analytics purposes. So it connects to Google Analytics and then gives you the insights right in your dashboard. I don't know if you've used that, that as well. Yeah, we're using it right now on WP Mayor. It's to be honest, it's what I've switched to using mostly for analytics. So before we were using Jetpack, an overview of what's going on. But we realized at one point that we we're only using Jetpack, which is a quite a bloated plugin for very few features. So rather than keep it there, we removed it right now. Uh, we're using Monster Insights, so it gives us a lot more information. I think a glance. What I like about it is that you can use it in different ways. So for content, it makes sense to use it the normal way, page views sessions and so on. So you can see bounce rate, session duration, new versus versus returning visitors and device breakdown, which is getting more interesting now that mobiles take over. But there's also the add-ons for e-commerce, search console, forms. There's a number of add-ons you can do depend you can use depending on what your site's aimed at. All right. And uh, for statistics, uh, we also know that Facebook Pixel is very popular. And for that I use Pixel Cat Elite which uh, I would definitely recommend as well. There's nothing too complex within the plugin itself. So most of the good stuff is accessed by going to Facebook itself and looking at the statistics for your Pixel. But Pixel Cat Elite makes it very easy to connect your site to Facebook, basically, in terms of analytics. I think what's interesting we're saying here, just listening to what we're saying so far, there's a number of plugins. We said before, you have to be careful with certain plugins which need to be on your site and others which can bloat it. With something like OptiMonster, something like Pixacat, something, basically plugins that run their own sort of SaaS app on the side, and then you have the WordPress integration. So the WordPress plugin itself is lightweight and doesn't have as much bloat as it would if all the features were within the plugin. And I think it's a good comparison. I'd, I'd like to actually do a test of this thing, how they perform differently, because something like Ninja Forms, I think in the Forms plugins, but Ninja Forms has a completely new UI built on JS, which basically gives takes over the WordPress dashboard and you have a new UI to set up your forms. So I'm sure that's not as lightweight as having a separate SaaS app with a connection to the WordPress site through a plugin. So it would be interesting to compare performance differences between the two as well. I don't have much experience, so I cannot really dig deeper in this, but I use the analytics plugins that I mentioned and their most basic form. And that gives me enough information for what I need to do with my blog, which is just a simple content blog. Obviously, when it comes to WooCommerce, not not only WooCommerce, I mean, any e-commerce site, you have to keep a very close eye on the statistics in terms of products, how people get to your products, what they do when they get on the landing page, what happens on the checkout, because there's a lot of money that might be lost along this journey towards the checkout and the eventual purchase. 
you're getting into e-commerce with WooCommerce, easy digital downloads, and any other e-commerce solution, it's not going to be as simple as it is with content, probably, because there's not just a single plugin. I mean, looking at our own sites, we run WooCommerce and WP Mayor, we run easy digital downloads on our plugin sites, and there's always your free core plugin and then countless other add-ons. I mean, on our aggregator site, I'm sure we have around at least 15 add-ons, which are separate plugins for EDD. It might sound like it's overkill, but they're actually all used. Most of them are very lightweight, something small, but it makes sense for them to be an add-on because it's not necessarily functionality which everyone will use. So you need to be careful, first of all, what plugins you use when it comes to e-commerce. So deciding between WooCommerce, these digital downloads, whether it makes sense to go to Shopify rather than WordPress or any other solution which might be out there. And it all depends on the kind of products. Because if you're going to digital products, EDD makes more sense. Their UI is more focused on digital products and even the extensions. When it comes to selling physical products, then WooCommerce makes more sense. And there's a number of extensions, both from the official stores and from third parties. One thing I mentioned here is that if you go to purchase a WooCommerce or an EDD plugin from a third party developer, just make sure they're a trusted developer. Uh, with EDD, we have our own extension called EDD Bookings. Uh, it was previously sold on their site and now it's sold through us. So you need to be careful that whoever's building this plugin is, and whoever's selling it rather, is trusted. Because we've seen a lot of people who fork plugins and sell them with or without support. We've seen WooCommerce extensions, which are not optimized in any way. So they can probably slow down your site significantly. But if you stick to a trusted store, let's say with um, WooCommerce, we have a post in WP Mayor about different third-party stores. There's one called Barn2, which have a few plugins for WooCommerce. And they sell very well because they're built the right way and they just do what you need them to do and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't really have much experience with e-commerce plugins except EDD and some basic experience with WooCommerce from when I was running WP Mayor, but I'm sure there's other people who know much more about that. In fact, my friend Shadi Manna is a WooCommerce expert. Hopefully we can get him on the show, Mark, some, at some point. Yep, definitely. How about affiliate marketing? All right. So for us, there's two aspects of that. There is us running our own affiliate program on e-commerce sites, and then there's WP Mayor, which basically signs up to a lot of affiliate programs for products and services, and basically use a plugin to cloak those affiliate links. So to give a brief explanation, uh, when it's our own product site and we're running our own affiliate program, we use uh, Affiliate WP, which is developed by the same company behind Easy Digital Downloads by Pip and Williamson, uh, Sandhurst Development. So basically it allows us to manage all our affiliates through there, all the referrers, you can see site visits, uh, how they're converting. You can set up different commission rates for different affiliates by percentage, by value, whatever you want. So we use that to manage our affiliate programs. And then when it comes to WP Mayor, we use a plugin called Thirsty Affiliates, which is basically a plugin that allows you to manage all your affiliate links. So let's take WooCommerce, for example, you can have a particular store which has its own affiliate program, you sign up to it, you enter your custom affiliate link within Thirsty Affiliates. So when you're writing a post or editing a page within the editor, you will have an option to add an affiliate link and you'll find the one from your list rather than having to go through hundreds of those stored different separate places. And what they have is good as well is that you can cloak the affiliate links. So it won't necessarily look like an affiliate link in the address bar on top. In our case, for example, it's WP Mayor, and then you can have slash link slash the name of the store or the plugin or the team or the host. And it looks more professional in that it's coming from WP Mayor. It's not some random link. For sure. I've used those same plugins. 
However, I also have another plugin which I've been experimenting with lately. And before we get to this, I must also mention that if you don't want to use something like Affiliate WP, lots of vendors tend to use Share a Sale or Impact Radius nowadays. Both are third-party services. They are very good. And they're actually, as an affiliate myself, I would rely on them more than I would rely on something like Affiliate WP, to be honest. Yeah, having spoken to Impact myself directly, what they have is that they have higher costs in running. Um, so both in running the program and in actually signing up, it requires you to have a certain amount of sales, for example, per month or something along those lines. I'm not sure exactly how it was. With Share Sale, I'm not sure how it is exactly, but I know we have a number of affiliate programs that we sign up to through Share Sale, and it makes it easier to manage different affiliate programs that are all in one system and custom link creation, finding banners and so on. It's, it's sort of very organized. What you have with affiliate WP is you can have it on your site. So if you're running an e-commerce site like ours, um, it's the aggregator. Any customer will have an account on our site. So those customers can become affiliates, which should then mean that they will promote your product. They can manage both their licenses um, and how they use the plugins, as well as their affiliate account from the same account. So it makes it a little easier and more convenient for them. What I was going to say is that uh, lately I've been experimenting with a problem. Let's talk about the problem I had. So on my blog, I talk about many different services, websites. I talk about a lot of different stuff on my blog. Problem is that I wanted to monetize a lot of these links. So the option I had was to either sign up to like 300 affiliate programs. And uh, that's not good in itself. It's a horrible situation to be in in terms of management but also the other thing is that i would say write one post about electronics you know and maybe mention stuff like banggood or gearbest which are two chinese websites selling electronics and it's quite silly to actually sign up for those just for this post which might or might not get traffic enough to make me any money Mm -hmm. So the solution I came up with was to use a service called Viglink, and there's another competitor called Skimlinks. So what these guys do is that they monetize all your links automatically. They get a cut on your commissions if you generate any. But in this way, I don't need to sign up to any affiliate programs myself. I just sign up once to Viglink, connect it to my site, and I'm looking at the statistics for my revenue right now. I'm seeing all kinds of stuff, you know, like uh, Banggood, Amazon, House of Fraser, Zavi Movies, TripAdvisor, The Hut. These are some of them are like clothes shops, ASOS, Avancar, Groupon, AliExpress, iTunes. So it's using their affiliate link, but then you get the bigger chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's fair enough because I wouldn't get anything if it wasn't for Viglink because I wouldn't have signed up for these affiliate programs. And let's keep in mind also that affiliate programs like Amazon have a, a minimum mm -hmm. monthly referral rate. So if you don't refer any customers to them, they'll automatically deactivate your affiliate account. And that's very likely in my case. I've tried signing up to these accounts before and I was trying a few things in the past. Even just a sign up process makes you give up. It's made to be hard. It's not made for anyone random to try and apply. There's a number of hoops you have to jump through to actually get there. So that's something like this makes it a lot easier. It's interesting. Yeah. I still use Jetpack, but I'm probably going to deactivate it. It does slow down your site. And I honestly have found better plugins for most of its functionality. I just like the site statistics that it shows and the bar chart it shows on the dashboard. Again, it's a more of a convenience thing, something I've referred to over many years now. And it kind of keep, gives me a quick glance 
at how I'm doing with my site. But I can see myself removing this in the next few weeks. I think Jetpack, to be honest, is, is more of a starter plugin. If you're starting out a new site and you're not sure about WordPress, it's good to have a number of things within that plugin, social sharing, stats, a number of things. Yeah. CDN, which I use a different CDN. Once your site grows, you're always going to look for better solutions. Speaking of convenience, I use ManageWP. Uh, So ManageWP helps you efficiently manage all your WordPress sites from one place. So you can do updates, backups, one-click login to all your sites. You can do migrations, handle security, and stuff like that. So all you need to do is go to managewp.com, I believe, and you sign up there. And you can log in there once you have got all your websites there. Say you have 20, 20 websites, you just log into ManageWP. You can access the dashboard of each plugin, uh, each website, sorry. And uh, you can run all the updates on, across all your sites from this single dashboard. And let's say you decide to run your updates once a week, right? You don't want to log into 20 websites. You just log into Manage WP, hit a button, and it updates everything for you. I, I found that very convenient in the past, especially we run the main sites, run demo sites for our plugins, we run sort of use cases, uh, use case sites for that plugins as well. So those are a lot to manage. So using Manage WP helped. I think what I had to mention at this point though is that if you're using something like Manage WP and you run an e-commerce site or a content-heavy site, be careful when updating your main plugins. And let's say, for example, EDD or WooCommerce. There was, I think, one case with EDD in the past. There was one case with MailPoet where they're major plugins, so you wouldn't expect anything to go wrong, but a particular update caused something to fail or something to, to go wrong. And since you run an automatic update to manage WP, you're not really paying attention to what that update's causing. So with MailPoet, once in the past, we had a particular issue where a particular update uh, sent the same newsletter about two or 300 times to particular subscribers. It was a bug which affected very, very few sites. We happened to be one of them particular set of circumstances was it to happen. But because I ran an update to manage WP, I didn't know what was going on. And then I started getting emails saying, what's going on? Why am I receiving 200 emails? And it did a similar case. If e-commerce is your bread and butter, then you have to be careful. I'd rather run those kind of updates from each individual site and monitor what happens when I run those updates. At the same time, you're always actually checking what the update is. Because there are times when it's a particular new feature, a particular change, which might cause some issues. I tend to leave it for a few days because there have been times where I left it and there was a patch which fixed something which was urgent. So rather than having to go through all that waiting or leaving a plugin not updated to the particular vulnerability, give it a few days and then check back. And if everything's all right and there's been no complaints in public, then I run the update. Yep. Let me run through a few smaller plugins which I use on my site. So my site is a blog, basically. It's a content blog. So I'm using the classic editor just to keep me on the WordPress classic editor and not have me use any Gutenberg stuff. I'm using external links, which can give certain effects to external links, like make them no follow. I'm using the responsive video for Genesis plugin, which makes embedded YouTube videos responsive. I'm using Imageify, which reduces file images without losing quality. So when you upload an image, it will automatically optimize it. And this can have a big impact on your load speed. I'm using Instagram feed. And when I visit my site and scrolls down towards the bottom, you see an Instagram feed showing my, I don't know, like nine latest Instagram images. That's very handy. I've used it on many blogs, works really well. Um, using list category posts. So this, I use this on the about page 
uh, not on the about page, uh, as a start here page, I use it to give a list of latest posts in each category. So that's kind of an index for my blog. Then I use MapRest just because on some posts I use maps. So like the countries I visited, I want to put a marker on each country I visited. So that makes it interactive, cool to play around with. Uh, I'll come back to this because what we need to take, make sure uh, when we install a lot of plugins is that they're not loading on each page because that will slow down your site. So for example, in the case of MapPress, I use it on two posts on my site, but by default, it's loading on every page or post. It's loading its map, JavaScript, and uh, whatever. Um, so for that, I have a solution, which I'll get to in a bit. If not, remind me, Mark. I'm using Nelio Content. So Nelio Content is, uh, is a plugin created by some friends of mine in Barcelona. That's not to say that it's not a popular plugin. It's a very popular plugin. Uh, it does auto-posting to social networks. It's uh, scheduling. It's great for scheduling. It has a great calendar, which is my favorite feature. So basically, it shows you a full-page calendar showing all your posts. So you can move posts around, change their publishing date, and just give you a very good review overview of all the content you have coming up on your blog. I have Ninja Forms. Instead of that, you can use Gravity Forms, WP Forms. There are loads of Forms plugins. I just happen to use Ninja Forms mostly because, as you remember, uh, James is a close friend of mine, James Laws, the founder of Ninja Forms, who used to co-host the same podcast. And so, obviously, I got very familiar with Ninja Forms itself. I'm using Prismatic for code snippets. Sometimes I do post code snippets. And again, this is another issue with loading JavaScript on every post. I only want it to load when I actually post a code snippet, which is quite rare. Then I use a public post preview plugin. Uh, this is uh, very useful when you have sponsored content. So when somebody pays me to sponsor some content, I like to give them a preview of the content I've created. So for example, if I'm getting paid to review a product, I send them a preview of the post without them having to log in or without me having to publish first. So it's also a handy plugin. Again, convenience. I use Simple Lightbox, which is a Lightbox plugin for WordPress. Basically, you click on the image in your blog and it might open a bigger version of the image in a nice Lightbox, or it can be a gallery. Same thing, very convenient. TablePress is another plugin I've used. And again, we've already mentioned several plugins which I use on only certain posts, but all these add up in terms of load, loading time for each post, unless you do something about it. So TablePress I've used on say my paddle page where I list all the paddle tournaments and how I've done in that tournament or like any other table needs of my site. One big plugin is the SEO framework which I'm starting to use instead of Yoast SEO. I've heard about this in a conference in WordCamp Barcelona a few months ago, and I decided to check it out. And I have to say, it's a really good plugin. The uh, developer, I've had some contact with him, really nice guy, very receptive to feedback. So I'm trying it out on my site, and so far I haven't missed Yoast SEO, which is saying a lot. I wasn't imagining there would ever be someone who would compete with Yoast SEO, so I'm... Quite looking forward to see how this will develop. And in terms of security, I'm using two-factor authentication. That's the name of the plugin. That's what it says on the tin. I'm using Blog Vault for backups. 
And let's see, we have multilingual. I'm using WPML, which to me seems to be still, after many years, the best multilingual plugin for WordPress. I know there are others now, but I think this is the, still the most comprehensive plugin. And let's see, I have WP coupons. It's also a very great plugin if you have a blog where you're sharing some any kind of coupons, plus you make uh, like a, an image and uh, coupon code on it. This kind of effects where you can have a page full of coupons, uh, very attractive and more likely to get you affiliate commissions in this case. And that mostly sums up all the plugins I use. I use also WP Retina 2X Pro. This is a plugin that makes Retina compatible images. The final one is YouTube channel. It's a plugin that helps me, say, put in a playlist and my a YouTube playlist onto my website. If you scroll down again on my website, you'll see my latest puzzle matches. That's a playlist that autom automatically updates itself. And uh, yeah, I guess you've got, already got bored with my plugin list. <laughs> I do use a lot of plugins, as you've seen, but here's the thing. I've recently started using this great plugin called Perf Matters. It's by Forge Media. And this plugin allows you to optimize performance, okay, for your WordPress installation. Uh, it has this, the typical stuff like minif minification, this kind of stuff. But the most important part, in my opinion, is the ability to manage scripts. So within the plugin, you have a script manager and you can select, you've got a list of all the scripts that are loading and you can selectively load these scripts. So I can say, say map press, okay? I want this loading on just two, two posts. So I can set it to load on just those two posts. Same thing with uh, a table press, another one, which I don't want loading on all my posts. And there was another one, which I mentioned. I had the Prismatic, which is the code snippets plugin. And uh, I've been doing some speed optimization. I think this was the single biggest factor in me reducing the load time for my site because all the other stuff, if you have a well-coded theme, have good plugins in use, have optimized the images, another important thing, there's not much you can do apart from using good hosting, using SDN. The obvious things, I think, for most developers now, these are things that they always take care of. But... So far, what I hadn't found was an easy way to control which scripts load on which posts or pages. And this has really been one of the favorite discoveries this year in terms of plugins. I don't know if you've played with it yourself, Mark. I haven't, to be honest. I've heard about it, but I haven't actually used it. So it's good that you mentioned that you've used it because I'll give it a go. It's one of the things we're trying to do right now as well, um, improve the performance of our sites. And that's been one of the main issues. As you mentioned, a few plugins like... Um, Table press, for example, which we use on very few pages or posts. So having that load every single time, every single page load makes no sense. Being able to pick and choose what you load on which page, it definitely make a big difference. We're focusing on performance ourselves right now with Servbolt, who are our new hosting partners. They're very much focused on performance. They've helped us shave off entire seconds of page load times through simple optimizations. And this is one of the next things we're going to, we'll probably be doing now, apart from optimizing team and Something which you mentioned earlier as well, optimizing images. We found certain pages on our site which were taking seconds to load. And we had no idea because we hadn't visited those in a while. And then we realized the only reason is that there's a particular image which particular author might have uploaded, which was, let's say, a two megabyte image, which made no sense for 600 pixel width image. So you need to be careful with everything you do, not just the plugins you choose. 
there's, there's a number of plugins you mentioned, which we use ourselves in different sites. So Blog Vault is something we've been very happy with for backups and security. They have a simple dashboard. If you need to restore a site, it's there. Whenever we do some major update or something big, I always go to Blog Vault. Uh, I run a quick update there and then. It takes maybe a minute for a massive site. And then run your update and you have a secure backup that you can restore in just one click. So something like that is definitely very helpful when you, especially when you tend to do some bit of cowboy coding, which I'm guilty of myself. I think you've been in the past as well, uh, where little updates and yep. little changes are done on the fly. <laughs> so there's a, there's a number of um, different things you can do. You mentioned the classic editor. It's something which I've installed on every site. And I think everyone should, to be honest, uh, unless you're running a site which is 100% compatible with what Gutenberg going to do install this and then update to Gutenberg on a staging site or a test site locally or whatever you want to do. But I've read enough and I've heard enough stories about Gutenberg to not trust it right out of the box. Something interesting which I was reading today is that Gutenberg's being delayed, the 5.2 update's been delayed to November 27th. Uh, so there's a few more days there. And the classic editor is actually, uh, they're ending support for it by the end of 2021. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen if people want to continue using the classic editor. As we've already seen it at the fork of WordPress and classic press. So there's a few things that you need to take into consideration when choosing plugins as well. Now Gutenberg's coming in. You have to see compatibility, whether you want to use Gutenberg. If you do, whether the plugins you want are compatible or not. It's good to see a lot of, of the major plugins like Gravity Forms one of the earliest ones to have Gutenberg blocks. Um, Yoast SEO is also working on and their Gutenberg compatibility. It was interesting to hear about the SEO framework plugin, which it's, it's good to see a competitor to something as commanding as Yoast SEO. So hopefully they'll help improve each other as well. Public preview, you mentioned we use as well uh, with our, basically when someone orders a product analysis, for instance, on WP Mayor, we don't necessarily have to publish it if they're not happy with it, in the sense that our product analysis is honest. So if it's negative, some people... It's rarely happened, but some people decide not to publish it and then they take the advice we gave them and work on improvements. So the public preview is very good for security as well because you don't have to set up a new user for every single person who wants to see that post. There's a number of plugins that we use as well on our e-commerce sites. For instance, we use Advanced Custom Fields, which is a big plugin, mainly for developers or people who know what they're doing when they're building up sites. It's been great to integrate with Genesis and with what we're doing on the aggregator site. There's a few small plugins which I've used every now and again on the e-commerce sites. Most of them are for optimizing convergence. So I've used a plugin called Ahoy, which has an integration for ADD and has a few add-ons. It allows you to set up these notifications in the bottom corners of your site as little upsells based on certain conditions. Um, even at checkout, for instance, if you have a particular product at checkout in your cart, you can set up a particular notification that has an upsell or a cross-sell or whatever you want. There is another plugin which I've started using recently called WP Pomify. It's social proof marketing for WordPress. So you get a little pop-up in the bottom. We have at the bottom left corner of our site, which we've used in two ways. So the first way was that whenever there's someone visiting the site, we take the last, I think, five or six sales, something like that from our site. And it shows sort of this person bought this product one hour ago. And it's showing that there's activity on your site and people are actually purchasing. So there's a social proof there. And the other way we use it, uh, which is the, which I'm doing right now, I'm testing it out, is the same approach, but with reviews rather than sales. 
So I take reviews from WordPress.org. I put in the sort of title and the user's name under the description, not a snippet from the three view, the five star reviews. And you mark it as five star and that shows up in the bottom left hand corner and then it can link to the original review. So you're showing that it's, it's real. It's not some fake review just posted there. That's something I found interesting to try out and see if it helps with sales. Uh, so show social proof rather than having it within the content of the site. Apart from that, I think there's very few other plugins. We can go into page builders, which is a completely different story. Um, but my preference in the past has been working with Elementor. I found it to be the most user-friendly for myself. And there's a number of extensions and themes with Elementor compatibility now. So it's, it's growing and growing and growing. I've, I have an interview with Ben Pines as well on, on this podcast, which would be interesting to look back at where they were about this time last year. So it's been a, a big, big growth in the past year, 12 months. And then we use the plugins with integrations like Jilt for easy digital downloads, for instance, which is cart recovery for e-commerce. So it's a separate SaaS uh, called Jilt, which is focused on recovering your carts through emails, it sends emails to people who have abandoned their carts. That's proved to be quite successful as well on our e-commerce sites. We have a post in WP, WP Mayor on how we recovered over $10,000 in a few months just from implementing this. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely worth a try. And then we have connections to Hotjar, for instance, which is a very basic plugin, links to Hotjar, which is an analysis tool for your website. You can have heat maps, you can run polls on your site. There's a number of features you can use there. And I think we've covered the majority of them because the rest are mostly add-ons to what we've mentioned so far. Sounds good. So for anyone listening, um, we'll try to put a list together of most of the plugins we've mentioned, uh, at least the main ones, so you can have an idea of what we use on our sites. Keep in mind the performance. What Jean mentioned with Perf Matters is a perfect example of what you should be doing. Always we recommend find a host who's going to focus on performance. Stick to the top hosts. We work with Servbot recently, who are relatively new, but it's been going very well with them. There's SiteGround, Kinsta WP Engine. If you're going e-commerce and WooCommerce, look at the solutions such as Liquid Web, which focuses on um, performance enhancements for WooCommerce in particular, especially enhancing your database. Uh, for that to perform better. So always look around, look at resources like WP Mayor to find the solution you need for your particular site. And that wasn't uh, a plug, right? No, of course not. <laughs> no, there's, there's different places you can look. I mean, look, there's, I mentioned WP Mayor because this is coming to mind now, obviously. Uh, look at WP Beginner, uh, WP Lift. There's a number of resources out there. If you just Google it, you'll find the one that's performing the best. If it's performing the best, it usually means that's the one giving the most quality. So Google is always your friend. Yeah. Here's what I'd like to see the audience, whoever is listening. And if you found this podcast useful, especially today's episode, in which we mentioned all these plugins, I'm sure there's one or two that you hadn't heard about and we'll go to try it out. If you're finding this podcast useful, please tweet to us or even better, leave a good review on iTunes. We haven't had any reviews lately and, uh, you know, this stuff really encourages us to keep uh, producing the podcast and also helps the visibility of the podcast on iTunes itself. So if you haven't ever left a review of Mastermind FM, please head over to iTunes Mastermind FM and leave us a review there. We will be very thankful for that. Yeah, well put. And I think I can mention that next week, not next week, in a couple of weeks, we have a uh... An interesting episode coming up to follow up with this focus on SEO. Uh, so we have someone from Ahrefs who's going to be joining us. 
So there's a number of episodes planned, which are going to be very interesting for content sites, e-commerce sites, and so on. Yeah, as John said, a review helps encourage us to continue finding these people and continue bringing them to you. So anytime you have to spend a minute writing a review, it helps us out a lot. All right. Thanks, John, for being with us. You're welcome. Hopefully you've enjoyed being back on the podcast for a while. Yes, I always do. <laughs> we'll see you back a little sooner as well. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.